This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. Hello, America, and welcome to the program. Donald Trump has become presidential. Donald Trump, you know, there's a lot of people um, who are very mad at me um, on, um, on Facebook and Twitter still. A lot of Donald Trump's supporters um, who are saying, you know, you're dead to me, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. Um, what in my character and what in my history made you think I would not support the president when he was elected, be that Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, or Donald Trump. The election was hard fought, but he's the president of the United States. And until he starts to prove me wrong, I'm going to hope that he is right and hope that you are right. I've already spoken my piece. It doesn't matter anymore. Now we have to hope and do our best so he can do his best. That is not necessarily the philosophy of the right or the left right now. But it is the philosophy of the American founding. In fact, a, a, an election that was much worse than this one. In fact, I think the most brutal election in our country's history was the election between Adams and Jefferson. And when we came together, Jefferson said, this is the point. We are not Federalists and, um, uh, and Republicans now. We are Americans, and it is time for us to come back together. That is not the message on the streets, and it is not the message from some on the right, but it is the message of our president-elect, Donald Trump. I want to read a tweet that shows he is becoming presidential, and he is trying to do the right thing. Will we follow him out of the anger? We start there right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Okay, so I want to I show you the evolution of a man. What did Donald Trump, what would have Donald Trump said, um, you know, six months ago if protests were there? He would have he been the showman that he is. He would have been the P.T. Barnum and he would have he uh, whipped it up. Yesterday morning, now I'm going to assume that he is making these tweets. And if not, 
then somebody else around him is making these tweets. And that's good because he is relinquishing his power and saying, you're more eloquent than I am. Go ahead, tweet. Because you know, Donald Trump has always said, no one will corral me. So even if he didn't do it himself, no one is corralling him. We have to take him at his word that he agrees with this. This is what he did 11 hours ago. Just had a very open and successful presidential election. Now professional protesters incited by the media are protesting. Very unfair. This was 54,000 retweets. Then this. Love the fact that the small groups of protesters last night have a passion for our great country. We will come together and be proud. That is a presidential tweet. That is what we should be saying to one another. Look, it's a small group. They may look big, but it's a small group. I saw a... um, I saw an an ad, if you will, for uh, a broadcaster that said, um, the Democrats hate us. That, That, in bold red, the Democrats hate us, don't doubt me. And I thought to myself, no, they don't. Some do. As Riaz said yesterday, the the gay Muslim uh, immigrant. What else? I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's got Pakistani. He's got ev- this guy. Everybody is against. Um, I can't imagine this guy's life, but he came down and he wanted to understand the right. So we spent the day together, and then he went and did something about it. And last weekend, he went up to Alaska to sit and talk to. Trump supporters, and he wrote the best defense of Trump supporters I've read. And as he said in that, look, are there some people that are racist that voted for Trump? Yes, but that's not all of the Trump supporters. And he followed it up. He's a Muslim Pakistani. Are some Muslims terrorists? Yes, but not all Muslims. The same can be said. Are you a racist? You voted for Trump. Are you a racist? No. Are you a Nazi? No. Do you believe in white supremacy? No. Do you believe that there are those that believe that whites are supreme? Of course. Do you believe that there are some that voted for Trump that are Nazis? Of course. Do you believe that there are some that voted for um, Barack Obama that are Marxists that want to destroy the United States of America? Yes. Do you believe there are some that voted for Barack Obama that want to see your rights taken away? Yes. But do you also believe that the Democrats that you personally know are those people? No. No, we have to separate and stop labeling people as groups or we are going to make this worse. We are at a crossroads, America. 
And I know this is going to become increasingly unpopular. But I will stand by any man until he loses his principles. The principles of Donald Trump right now. He is being presidential. He is saying, I'm going to bring people together. And he is saying, I will do these things through Congress, through the vote. If Donald Trump would have lost and he would have flamed the fans of these of riots, which he could have done if he had lost, I would be standing against him. But he won fair and square. He is doing things the right way and constitutionally. I don't agree with everything that he wants to do, but that's America. This is who we are. We don't, boy, am I going to quote the song that he played at the end? You don't always get what you want. But you just might find that you get what you need. And we have to believe in that. And we have to put our sword and, quite frankly, our shield down against the average person. When you are in, and I tell you a story, Fordham University, I believe, turned my daughter against me. My daughter was so angry with me while she was going to Fordham University, she couldn't even speak to me at times. She, she was convinced that I was a homophobic bigot. And I kept saying to her, Honey, what in my life has ever given you that perspective? Well, you're against gay marriage. No, I am against the government being involved in marriage. She, I don't want to talk to you, Dad. And she would cry and walk away. She believed that of her own father. What do you think the people going to NYU, these kids, who have been raised even by Democratic families, what do you think they believe after sitting in those universities with those professors who are telling them, and you have to understand, New York City especially is an echo chamber of biblical proportions. Everything in New York points to the people who would vote for Donald Trump are nothing but toothless hicks who hate women, who hate blacks, who just want to set the world on fire. There's a lot of people that are afraid. And quite honestly, if you're a Republican and you're like me, I understand that. You have to, you have to admit to yourself, even those who reluctantly voted for Donald Trump, there is a part of you that said, I don't know what we're getting here. But you give your side the benefit of the doubt. I'm giving our side the benefit of the doubt. I'm giving the benefit of the doubt that the office will temper and make the man. Because quite honestly, I don't have any other choice other than to get into the streets and be an idiot. 
He won fair and square. This is the system. Now, how do we come together? I will tell you, we won't come together. And I'm not talking about come together and compromise our principles. I read another story today from the right. The last thing we can do is come together. I'm sick and tired of hearing people say we need to come together with these people. No. What are you talking about? We get together with our family every Thanksgiving, don't we? I got together, I got together with the in-laws that mar- that that uh, of Tim's family, my son-in-law's uh, family, who are wonderful people. I love them. I really do love them. We disagreed on who should be president. They were staunch Trump supporters. I obviously am not. But I know who they are. And I know they're not haters. I know they're not idiots. They live in New Jersey and he's a cop. He's tired of everybody saying that the cops, you know, should die and and being okay with it. Did I say when they came down to visit, they're not coming into my house? No. And we had a great time together. We just didn't talk about the things where we knew we disagreed because we knew where each other stood and we're not going to do anything but get pissed at each other. But we're family. I don't think ill of them and I hope they don't think ill of me. And I'm certainly not saying they hate America. And I hope they're not saying that either. They're not. Glenn's just a bad person and he hates us. No, they're not saying that. This, I've told you for so long. A, there are going to be people, and you're going to feel justified, that want to tear us apart. Now, we just went through a horrible, horrible election. We have the opportunity to start all over again. We have the opportunity to not repeat the past. No matter what your enemy does to you, no matter what the person who is calling you names does to you, that has no effect on you unless you choose to let that have an effect on you. We, are, we have a chance to start over. We have a chance to be better people. Now, we can go down this road and we can repeat what happened to us in 2000, which was division and name-calling and eight years of hating the other side. Or we can do what we did in 2008, Be divided, don't talk to each other, hate each other, call each other names, and make things worse. Or we can try something new. Because this is something we haven't tried, well, since I've been voting for president. We haven't tried, hey, let's assume the best of our neighbor. Let's assume that the voices that are calling today in the streets around the country for awful things, 
for revolution, for literally bloody revolution, let's just assume that they are the minority and let's politely ask, politely ask the media to stop excusing this. Let's not us excuse the violent behavior, but also know that there is a reason that people are afraid. It's been a tough fight. Those people who are setting things on fire, breaking windows, those are anarchists. Those are anarchists. And if we lump anarchists into the same uh, uh, bed with Hillary Clinton, we would be wrong. This is going to be hard, guys. This is really going to be hard. But this is our chance. This is the time. You are blessed to live in this time because we can be better. We can be leaders. This is the time where giants will come to the forefront. And you have to choose. Are you going to be one of the 20%, that's what it's going to take, and that's, that's typically only, that's all you get is about 20%. Are you going to be the 20% of the society that stands up and says, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I will not go over the cliff with the rest of humanity. Will you take the lead from your president, your president and your president-elect? Now this, when you're at work, you can see that your home is safe, right? But when you're on vacation, your home and your family deserve to be protected. Now listen, this is the worst time of the year for burglaries because as somebody put Christmas lights up in their house uh, already in my neighborhood, um, in yours too? Okay, so uh, this is the worst time for people breaking into the houses because they steal your stuff. Right now, Simply Safe Home Security has the new Simply Safe Security camera. If your system detects a open a window, a glass break, a door opening, the camera records it. Somebody comes into your home, the camera records it. And then it calls police and shows them the videotape of who did this. Check out Simply Safe's new camera today at simplysafebeck.com. Go right now to simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. 
If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. We're just talking in the break. This is this is really going to be hard, guys. This is really going to be hard, and um, we all have a choice to make um, because there's there's very few people I think that that want to uh, feel like we should come together. Um, uh, and, but it, and it doesn't mean that we've. I mean, I think we just proved this. If your principles are at stake, we do not budge. But right now, the principles of peace and getting together, Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton has said, he's legitimately our president. We need to support him and give him the opportunity to be successful. Barack Obama has said the same thing. They have made the gesture of, Let's come together because this is the way our democracy or our republic works. The vote happens, you accept the vote. We may not agree with it. And that doesn't mean you stop fighting. Look, at if right now I'm having a lot of people say, oh, look at Glenn, now he's, now he's for Trump. No, no, no. I'm for the office of the president of the United States. And I will stand with Donald Trump as long as I can, I'll stand with him until he starts to say crazy, divisive things that are that and, and suggest policies that are not conservative or constitutional. But until he does that, I stand with him. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. thing that <laughs> so funny because the the supporters of Donald Trump have said Glenn stop making it personal and I have said the whole time it's not personal it's based on principles it's not personal now they are questioning why I'm giving him a clean slate well I'm giving him a clean slate because it's not personal what happened was he won he won. Yeah. Now, There's nothing we shocking. could do but yeah. yell and what? cry and protest in the streets. And, and, and no, no, no. The worst thing we could do at this point <laughs> Burn is, things down and break some windows. Right. Worst thing we can do is get on the mm. air and now uh, sabotage him and now say, uh, well, he's going to do this. 
We don't know what he's going to do. We didn't even do that to Obama. And we played, no. the, we played the proof of it yesterday. Yes. We, we started with Obama with a clean slate. Now, he Every, immediately went to work, even before right. his administration took over, helping with the Bush administration take over the auto industry. So it, it didn't last but a few weeks, but we tried. Right. We and wanted un- to be there. Until this president. This president, we said... He hasn't asked for us. Remember this? He said, I don't need these people. I don't want these people. He had the attitude of Barack Obama, these teabaggers, except he was talking about this audience. I don't need these people. I don't want these people. He even sent through surrogates very threatening comments to me and my company. And I will live to destroy you. Okay, well, I know who you are. Now, I told you at the time, he's never asked for our help. He's never asked for our vote. He's never, you have, but we haven't. And most importantly, Glenn, there's no forgiveness? Of course there is, but he never asked for forgiveness. And even if there's forgiveness, we didn't want him to be president. Yes. Sure, we can forgive him all we want. Yeah. He so, didn't ask, but, it, but we could forgive him all we want. Right. Which, but it's not to be president. It's not, it's, it's <laughs> principle, it's not personal. Right. Now. Hey, two things have happened. One, he won. won. <laughs> it doesn't yes. matter who the president is. None of us can afford an unsuccessful president. None of us can afford a president that is a clown overseas and a reckless individual. No, none of us can afford that. Two, he asked for our support. On election night, he could have come out and said... Well, I won, and screw you. Instead, he said, listen, I want to talk to the people, and there were a few that didn't back me. Now, he could have been talking about the Hillary supporters, but he also could have been talking about, because he said, and there was a few, he might have been talking about people like the never-Trumpers. Okay? And even even if he wasn't, I didn't support him. So he was. I'll take him at his word. I want to talk to those who didn't support me. I'm your president, too. And I want your help. Done. Yes, sir, Mr. President. I will do all I can. But a clean slate brings you back to zero. It doesn't make me a supporter of his policies or his principles as a man. It makes me a supporter of him in the office of the president of the United States, and I will judge you on what you do from here. Not what you said, but what you've done from here. A clean slate. Now, why can't we do that, left and right? Why can't we accept? It's what our Constitution demands of us. Clean slate slate right and and, you know we obviously liked ted cruz here if ted cruz was president he would also get a clean slate for him in our eyes that would be a negative because if he comes in and he's all he's all mr constitution and he gets into office and starts doing stuff that's unconstitutional he loses us immediately uh you get a clean slate you start at zero i I was thinking about this as a it's almost like an inner courtroom right the lawyer in me has been making a case on donald trump for 18 months But the judge in me has said the evidence is inadmissible. So now the juror in me has to do my best to put all that stuff behind 
and not think about it and not factor it into my decision. It's not going to be easy because we obviously know a lot of things and believe a lot of things about this guy. But if he comes in and does some of the things we talked about yesterday that he wants to do in his first 100 days. A lot of it sounded really good. A lot of it's really good. I hope he follows through on it. Let me color that in for you a bit because I have actual experience on this. I was on a jury. I was the foreman of a jury. And you remember this, Jeffy. I was a foreman of a jury. And the jury and the trial was about a guy who was beating his girlfriend with a hammer. Okay, mm. he beat her with a hammer. Um, uh, it to me the 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 thing was open and shut. We didn't know until the end. He came wearing the shoes that still had blood splatters on the shoes as a oh challenge gosh. to the jury, but we weren't allowed to know that. Wow, and. Um, he made this case, which I found impossible to believe. And the jury was split right down the line. And there was a guy on the jury who was like, you cannot convict him. I'm like, look, look, look at the history we know. We know this guy has done this before. She's had a restraining order against him. You can't tell me that this was, I don't remember what they claimed happened, um, but you can't tell me that. He's going to kill her. Mr. Beck, you can't say that. You don't know that. Are you kidding me? Look at the guys. Look, I know abuse. This guy will end up killing her. You can't say that. We argued and argued and argued. Hung. We were hung. The judge came in and said, sorry, you can't, you can't be hung. You have to decide. I begged the judge, half of the jury begged the judge. The other half of the jury begged the judge to to, to calm us down. He said, I can't help you. We finally deliberated and we gave him everything we could, but only the things that we could prove. We could not say, I'm telling you, this guy's a bad guy. Only the stuff we could prove. He went to jail, I don't remember what it was, for maybe a year. He could have gone, we could have got him for attempted murder. He went to jail for maybe a year. After we deliberated and turned in the verdict, we asked the judge, could you please tell us what we didn't know? He comes into the jury room afterwards. Or anybody who wants to, are you sure you want to know? Yes. For anybody who wants to know, meet me in the jury room. He went in the jury room, and he said, I can't give you the details, but this guy has a long, long, long record. And I want you to know, putting him away for a year is very good. It gives her a chance to disappear, because I believe he'll kill her. Okay? You don't think I think about that all the time? Glenn, how did you let that guy go? You knew. How did you let that guy go? Because I couldn't do anything else. I couldn't do anything else. You did the best you could. We did the best we could. And then I had to play by the rules. That's where we are. We heard the case. We made the case. All right? The law is the law. The Constitution is the Constitution. I cannot judge a man um, 
accept by his actions that count. All right, it's a new day. Let's watch him now. And if he violates our principles, if he becomes a pig, if he, if he's, you know, if he takes interns, <laughs> you think I'm going to shut up about it? If he, if he proposes his trillion-dollar stimulus package, you think I'm going to shut up about it? If he doesn't repeal and replace with a free market the Obamacare, you think I'm going to shut up about it? I'm not a blind supporter. I'm a supporter of the President of the United States. And if we can't take a break for a day of hating each other, we're never going to make it. Our enemies are those who want to divide us, and they live on the left and the right. We're Americans, all of us. It's time for us to come together. Believe me, there's going to be another day to fight. Today's not it. Today's the day to look at those protesters and say, okay, I don't understand this at all, and I know there are bad people involved. I think this is AstroTurf. You don't have... That many protesters in New York City on day number one, right after the election, without some serious coordination, how did you get that number of protesters down there? That's, that's an impressive network. Well, let's talk about, though, the kids at NYU who just don't know how to lose because they've never had to deal with that in their lives. They've never you know, they Correct. they got participation trophies. Their grades were adjusted so that they wouldn't fail. Everything has been smoothed over their whole lives. Don't say that to hurt their feelings. Yeah, Wait their feelings can't be hurt. So then why don't we go and give, print some ribbons? You know, anti-Trump I think rally participation. You guys, suppo- you guys participated. <laughs> that's not a bad idea. Good. Participated in that. Go home now. Good. You're you. all winners. <laughs> yes. But there are those. Give them a little Hillary sticker. Imagine. How, oh, no, that's wrong. Guys, think. Think about how we felt when we heard that they just cling to their God and their guns. That said, that spoke volumes to us. When we heard him say, I'm going to put the coal industry out of business. Mm-hmm. When we heard him stand by, not say, but stand by Reverend Wright, who said the KK, uh, the America KKK or whatever it was. U.S. of KKKA or whatever. Yeah, um, U.S. of KKKA. <laughs> um, remember how we felt? Do you remember? We heard those things and everybody dismissed them. Then we we're like, this guy cannot be the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. They heard the same things that we all heard, except... They took them as I did. They took him literally. Selena Zito, who is one of the best writers and reporters in the country, wrote this great phrase, and it explains everything. We took Donald Trump literally, but not seriously. His supporters took him seriously, but not literally. That explains the difference. That explains the divide. You say, and they do all the time, Trump supporters all the time, he's not going to do that. Yeah, they do it all the time. 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 We took those calls a million times. Right. He's not going to do that. Okay. All right. 
I want to believe you. And we also said over and over again, which was never heard, we hope you're right. We hope you're right. I'm now putting into action my hope. And we have to ask others, trust but verify. The minute he says, it's why I've, I've written to friends, look, if he starts scooping up Muslims in the middle of the night, I'm with you. I'll be marching in the streets. Right. And that, if, if he's an example of it, because, you know, he says, I'm going to I'm going to ban all Muslims. His supporters seem to take that as I'm going to be tough on terrorism. Yes. Right. And and obviously his policy changed on that. You know, he when people said when he said he was going to rip up the Iran deal, um, people said he's going to be thought he's going to be tough on Iran. Now, his advisors are already saying he's not going to rip up the Iran deal and he's not going to move the embassy in, in Israel. But people just oh took that gosh. as he would be strong in the Middle East. Right. No, and they so, took at least the, the Jerusalem thing. They took him literally. No, they. I don't know if his supporters did. Maybe no. people in Jerusalem did. I um, did. Yeah, and our allies did. But but that's what they're that's what they're saying now. And I think that that's that's a good example of that. But they didn't take it as like, well, he's going to lock up all Muslims, even though he said things that, you know, it, right. the deportation force is another good example of that. Even the wall. He talked about. Remember, his plan for the wall was not like. The original plan that was passed for a, a, a double fence with a road in the middle of it, that whole thing. It's 40 it was feet a higher. 40 foot wall. Now, we talked about that. You know, think of how high 40 feet is, right? That's a big freaking wall. I don't think that literally he has plans to build a 40 foot wall around the, on the border. There's probably some fencing he's going to build, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and, but, the, but what people took from that was he's going to be tough on the border, and that's what they want. So that but you have to understand that people will take him literally. And as president people, especially, right? As president. And those people are nervous, and we need to recognize that. And now this. In cities and states and in Washington, D.C., politicians are threatening our Second Amendment rights. Bond Arms is doing something about it. They are introducing the PT-2A, the Protect the Second Amendment gun from Bond Arms. Handgun, heirloom quality that enables you to show where you stand on the Second Amendment. And just like every gun from Bond Arms, it can be converted to suit your needs. 25 different barrels fit every Bond Arms pistol, and you can use 14 different calibers. Gordon Blonde is also uh, pledged a portion of every PT-2A sold will go to protecting our Second Amendment rights. You want to stand for the Second Amendment? Go to bondbeck.com. See the new PT-2A, bondbeck.com. Glenn Beck program. Mercury. The Glenn Beck program. We have one minute. Let's go to Wade in Kentucky quickly. Wade. Hi, uh, Glenn. I'm ready to give you a second chance. Um, you guys did answer a lot of concerns and questions earlier, so. Uh, but um, I, I could have easily spiked the ball and kissed my biceps and said I'm never listening to Glenn Beck again. But I know you're a friend of God. Uh, I believe you pray for discernment and wisdom, and uh, I'm going to grab a commonality and build onto that. Um, Thank you, sir. 
You know, I, I wasn't happy with you the last few months. I felt like you went from rooting for the other team to doing a Tanya Harding on Donald Trump. But, <laughs> but what you... What well, you I felt said, the same way about you, Wade, but that's okay. <laughs> We're here now. We're, We're here now. We and all know the Tanya Harding thing worked out really well. Yeah. It, <laughs> so don't worry. Wade, God bless you. Thank you so much. Back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. You remember when Texas said maybe we should secede? And Texans, real Texans, have been saying that. I think they yeah. said that under Ronald Reagan. See that on the pickup trucks. Those yeah. are those are the, those are the real Texans, and it and it has very little to do with politics. They've been saying it Correct. since 1837. Yeah, I yeah. mean it's time to secede. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is there was secession on the ballot here in Texas, and remember how horrible. Horrible Texans were for saying that. Well, now Oregon and California are talking about secession. Be ashamed to see them go. Talk to you later. <laughs> we start there right now. I will make a stand. I will raise my voice. I will hold your hand. Because we have one. I will beat my drum. I have made my choice. We will overcome. Fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I'm just looking at Pat, and I just realized we are doing a we're doing a a talk uh, on the uh, uh, on the Constitution for I think 90 minutes on Sunday, mm-hmm. and uh, we we probably should talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> we probably should. Yeah, we should Might probably. Be good. My wife said, "When are you? When is that thing?" I said, "Sunday," and she said, "Are you? you are you and Pat going to talk about that?" I said, "We've been a little busy, but yeah, we'll." Yeah, yeah, yeah we are. Walk, can I walk through this uh, this conversation? You guys will have. <laughs> uh, it'll start with uh, Pat saying, "Hi, thank you for coming, uh, Glenn. You want to start us off, and then that will be the end of Pat speaking for the ninety minutes." <laughs> <laughs> At some point, about 48 minutes in, you'll see Pat sneak off and get in his car and drive away. <laughs> uh, I'm going to actually talk about the Declaration of Independence, and Pat's going to take to the uh, Constitution. Uh, and uh, it's all about religious freedom, and it's, um, it's going to be happening here in, um, uh, at our, our, our uh, stake center. Uh, and it's open to everybody. It's free. Um, uh, how would people find out information on that? Do you have any idea? We'll post it on glenbeck.com. But yeah. um, we would love to, uh, we'd love to see you because freedom of religion uh, is at stake, freedom of speech. And we have to know about our Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. Uh, so I'm going to talk about the Declaration of Independence. Pat's going to talk about um, how freedom of religion is on the ropes. And that'll be Sunday. We'll give you more details on that. Maybe we should have a camera come out and film that. Maybe that's something we could put on the blaze as well in case you missed that. Uh, let's talk a little about secession. Um, California and Oregon are talking now about seceding, which 
I find amazing because, A, that was so un-American to talk about when Barack Obama was mm-hmm. president, but now it's uh, very, very popular. And I would just like to speak to California for a second. One of their big issues is they're tired of their tax dollars going to the federal government. They want control of their tax dollars and have their tax dollars stay at home for California. And they want to make their decisions not be dictated to by the federal government. Ha, what a concept. We would just like to say, we want that too. Yeah. You may be surprised to know that you're not a progressive if you believe in that. You're a constitutionalist. Because that's what the Constitution guarantees that we have now uh, just dismissed. So if you believe those things, then you're actually a constitutionalist and you don't need to secede. You need to join us. You need to join us and come with us on the Constitution because once we restore that, those feelings go away. If that's their issue, Hillary wasn't the right candidate. You voted for the wrong person. I don't think these are Hillary people. These are Bernie Sanders people. It, it, at, well, at that's best, even worse. At best. Bernie Sanders would have been even worse for that. No. A socialist? No, no, no. Because here's what people... Here's the problem. People are playing politics, and they're not playing principles. So they're perfectly fine being California as part of the United States as long as the rest of the United States does it the way Californians want. Mm -hmm. And so that's called authoritarianism. They're not really for freedom. They are for their rule of law. And if the rest of the country won't go that way, well, then they don't want to be a part of the country. Yeah, but Bernie Sanders is a strong central government guy. Right. And uh, again, strongest central government guy we know of in public office. Because they only care about what they want. They believe they're right and everyone else is wrong. And so as long as we have a strong central figure in Washington that is forcing everyone else to live the way we want to live, well, then that's great then we'll make everybody's life happy because we're going to teach those people in Texas just how happy they're going to be. <laughs> right? It'd be fascinating to see how much... It's, it's, you know what it is? Hang on just a second. It is exactly the argument that Jefferson Davis made. He said states' rights. Well, no, he didn't really mean states' rights because if you joined in the rebellion, you had to be a slave-owning state. You had to be for the furtherance of slavery. So they, they weren't talking about states' rights. They were fighting for their system of government. That's the same thing with California. They're not talking about, hey, we want to be free in California. They're saying, no, we want everybody to live this way. And if you choose to, we're taking our marbles and going home. Oregon is also going for this. And there's no sense of irony from the press. There's no sense of, hang on just a second, how did we treat Texans when they said this? And you have to understand, Texas has been saying this, Pat's right, since 1837. Texans have been saying this from the very beginning. I don't know how Texas ever became a state. (laughs) 
because this is the way Texas has been from the beginning, secede. But California says, hey, we're the, what is it, the sixth largest economy in the world? We'll take this economy. Okay. I really don't, I mean, I know this is very unpopular to say, but I'm, I'm really okay with that. I don't think we should secede from the union. I think we should live the Constitution, which would allow California to be as weird and progressive as they want to be. Let them do it. That's fine. If I want to join them, I'll join them in California. That's kind of what federalism is in a way. It's, it's a way of 50 countries under a very generalized group of rules, but then can do whatever they want inside those rules. I mean, in a way, it is 50 different countries inside a country. That's the way it used the to be. the way it's supposed to be. Correct. If you actually use the 10th Amendment, then that's what it would be. Instead, the people that now want to secede in California have been saying the 10th Amendment is Satan for the past 100 years. Otherwise, why do we have state flags? Why do we have state flags? Mm-hmm. Why don't we just all have one star that says California, Texas, you know, just a, just a flag more like Texas that is red, white, and blue, has the stripes, but just one star. We're one of 50 because we're all unique. We all have different mottos. We all have different things we focus on. We all have different strengths. We all have different weaknesses. E pluribus unum, from many, one. But we're not, the, the progressive idea is to not have many. It's to have just one. I'll tell you, the Democrats are going to, um, the Democrats have a hard, hard road. They thought that Barack Obama was going to help them. I don't think so. Now, I do believe he's helped the Marxists. He's helped the socialists. He's, he's helped the radicals of the party. But who are you going to elect four years down the road? It it'll be somebody like Bernie Sanders. It's got to be somebody like Elizabeth Warren. It's got to be somebody who is radical. Radical. Well, and this is the same thing. Think about, go back in election history. John McCain runs and loses. Uh, Mitt Romney runs and loses. What is the reaction to, of the right? It's to say, well, you didn't get anybody. You did this progressive light thing. You did this thing where you basically were running a middle-of-the-road guy that had, wasn't, had, didn't have conservative principles, and that's why you failed. Same thing's going to happen in uh, the Democrat Party now. They're going to say, wait a minute, we had Bernie Sanders. He ignited the youth. Everyone was excited about him. His polling, by the way, if you go back and look at it, and I think there's flaws with, the, with these comparisons, but his polling was great in a general. I mean, he beat everybody in a general, Sanders. Which he wouldn't Which have. he wouldn't have. I don't think if it I was don't real think, life, yeah. but God only knows at this point. I think um, it would have been close. I, I said from the beginning. Right. Ed, Ted Cruz and Bernie Sanders give a real choice I because I think Bernie it. Sanders would speak to the next generation. He could be America 3.0. But I mean, if you think about that, they're going to be put that that wing of the party is going to be empowered. They yes. are going to say from their perspective, Hillary Clinton wasn't liberal enough. She was all, you know, talking about Wall Street. She was in bed with Wall Street. She didn't try to vilify the Republicans enough. And, and that was a complaint during the campaign by many of the aides who wanted to say Donald Trump is just a continuation of everything the Republicans have been doing. Hillary tried to say, well, in most cases, uh, hey, you know, look, this guy's not even a Republican. He's too he's too crazy for even the Republicans. The Republicans are. I know you're good people. It's him. He's the crazy one. See, you can't. I, I, I'm, they will blame it. I'm just I'm so right. tired of listening to the pundits on television 
trying to figure this election out. This election is really, really simple. Really simple. People were afraid they were going to lose their God and their guns. They were afraid that freedom of religion, which it was, is on the ropes. That freedom to be yourself, to make your, to chart your own course was on the ropes. That our jobs were going away and they're going away because of regulation. Now, most people just think it's other, it's those companies moving to California. But if you had somebody that really could explain it to the American people, those jobs are moving away because of regulation and high taxes. So it's not to punish the companies. It's to make this the most um, stable and the most um, attractive place on earth for companies to come and relocate. And they will come here. We didn't do that. So they're afraid of their jobs going overseas. They don't see a future except, in many cases, people think it's a Marxist future. Okay? On the other side, Hillary Clinton, it's not that we voted for hatred. I'm surprised that Donald Trump could, um, could win in this country. I am truly surprised. That's not a surprise to anybody who's been listening to me. I didn't think the guy could win. So now try to figure that out. All right, I have to then say the people of the country are racist and misogynist. No, they're not. They're not. They're not. They're not, they're not, they're not. So what are they? They were frightened, fed up. They were fed up. They were tired of not being listened to. They're tired of being talked down to. They're tired of being called racist. And they're downright angry about all that stuff. Exactly right. And so, but they're not misogynists. They're not racist. Mm-hmm. They, they see what they love being torn apart. Exactly like the left is afraid right now. That the country that they thought that they were living in and they were building was being torn apart. When, when the left is now on the street saying, we got to take our country back, I would ask the same thing that Katie Couric and her ilk said to me. From, from whom? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. From whom? They were making it into a racist thing. From a white guy? Right. Are you taking it back from a white guy? Right. So <laughs> that, that they are feeling exactly the same way now. Yeah. And the there's reason, no self-awareness, though. No self-awareness. You don't understand that. And the other big piece of this election is Hillary Clinton is terrible. corrupt. Terrible. Just a terrible. But beyond candidate. terrible. If she was just terrible... She might have won. I don't know. People don't like her. I know that. But like but her. they also know Benghazi. They also know she is been she yeah. has been corrupt. The the Clintons, they like Bill Clinton. So they'll give her they'll give him a pass. Mm-hmm. But I don't know even if Bill Clinton would have gotten the pass. Remember, Bill Not Clinton. Anymore. No, Bill Not Clinton anymore. was even shouted down. Bill Clinton didn't dry, draw big crowds because he has sold out. And they know it. Yeah. And she's corrupt. I have not heard anyone from the left on television saying, you know, guys, do you think maybe we shouldn't run somebody who has taken emails and thinks she's above the law? Well, they had nobody else uh, other than Biden who turned it down. They hadn't. Who who'd they have other than a 74-year-old socialist? Hey, can we stop for a moment and think and about nobody else. how pissed 
Joe Biden oh. is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, this he guy probably would have won. Huh? I mean, I mean, he wouldn't he have had the there. FBI thing, probably. Right. And that's really I mean, again, she was ahead until 12 days before that thing. And uh, the FBI thing happened and he was able to close that gap. I mean, you know, something else may have happened with Joe Biden, but yeah. the, the negatives of Joe Biden are also very similar to the negatives of Trump when it comes to campaigning. They yeah. say they have gaffes. They say things that are outlandish at times. It would have been interesting. Now this. President Obama's economy created 220,000 new companies in the first quarter of 2016. Sounds like a lot, right? What? Yeah. Yeah. 220,000 220, new companies in the first quarter of 2016. This is the latest data. Huh? This is down from 246,000 created in fourth quarter. Wow. This is the biggest collapse of the creation of new companies in American history. Really? Nobody's talking about it. Wednesday, um, as President Obama comes to the end, company creation rates are as dismal as they were when he was inaugurated. New business creation, especially small business, that's the backbone of America and a growing economy. As we hit another stumbling block, and it will happen, don't cheer at the stock market going up under Trump. This could be at a, a, become a bigger bubble. Be careful. Please call Goldline and find out if gold or silver is right for you. Have something that is stable and something that, if, God forbid, things collapse, it falls, it falls into something that the world always turns to. Gold. Goldline. 1-866-GOLDLINE. Read their important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Beck program. The wonderful world of Oz in a half hour. Um, that's, that's uh, weird. <laughs> Mark Geis from uh, from Benghazi, the movie Thirteen Hours. The the real guy is going to be with us. Um, he is uh, he is a real hero. It's going to be interesting to hear his perspective on why Hillary lost and how he feels mm-hmm. um, about Hillary r- riding away in the sunset. Uh, he'll be with us in a few minutes. It is Veterans Day, and we have to take a moment and say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for everything that you have uh, done uh, for our country. Unusually, you even do. Google uh, saluted veterans today with their, you know, their little doodle that they do on special days. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they'll do, uh, they'll do Kierkegaard, uh, his birthday, or the day Kierkegaard wrote a quote. They'll celebrate that for a week, and then they'll ignore Veterans Day. But today, to their credit, they they celebrate veterans. And and there's only only one person on the show that has uh, military experience, Jeffy, who served in (laughs) Island of Spice. Island of Spice. Thank you. you what did you do? What you do? In, in his mind, he served in Grenada. Island to save the Western Hemisphere from communism. Right. Mm-hmm. How were you? How were you part of that in the Royal? What? What were you part of the Royal Marines? The Royal, and how did you get into the? 
Uh, the Marine Corps? Uh, we stormed the beaches? No, that was our deal. That wasn't Britain's deal. You're thinking yeah. of Falkland Islands. Oh, Grenada. Yeah, We're talking Grenada oh, here. I, yeah, I forgot spots. about the... The lost war of Grenada. Right. Oh, that is not yeah. a lost war, my friend. Yeah. Not Thank in this you. room, because you, you, you can't yeah. talk about it enough. Uh, I, I'm you're sadly, the one that brought it up. Sadly. I don't like to bring it up and talk oh, about it. Oh, I know. You're so, <laughs> you're so <laughs> the past. reticent. Yeah. Um, and also, he can't seem to <laughs> produce any evidence no, he can't. of this supposed no, service. He, that isn't it against the law to pretend you're a soldier? <laughs> stolen valor? Yeah, stolen valor. Stolen yeah. valor. Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah, he's very proud. I would like to see a picture of you, you know, in in the uniform. They don't forget it. It was a, it was a secret. No, if we get the it's picture, then it is stolen valor. Yes. Yeah, oh, I picture, yeah. Yeah, then I get, you get in trouble yeah. for pictures. Unless it's a picture of you, like in a, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking directly to Photoshop people. You know, a picture of you in like uh, some sort of. Um, I don't know, old Soviet uniform with a chest full of medals. I'm not, I'm not uh, thank you to our real veterans. Our actual veterans. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. And, 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 and you're welcome. You know what? You know, you. I'm going to be interested. We should let Jeffy just talk ah. old times with Oz. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good when idea. When he comes in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, we're going to let you just talk about right. what it's like in the fight. Because I'm sure he'll appreciate oh, I mean, Valor. <laughs> the Glenn Beck Program. Seven two seven back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program. Glad you're here. Megan Kelly is going to be on our program. Our new book is coming out. Settle for more. She's going to be on the program. Uh, hope to be able to spend an hour with her. She is. Um, uh, she is telling it all in uh, her new book. Some interesting stuff. In <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, she talks about how Roger Ailes uh, chased her around a desk and. Uh, Tried to forcibly kiss her, uh, then threatened her with a contract. When's your contract up? As she was walking towards the door. That was his M.O., though, right? With, with, uh, apparently, with so. Yeah. apparently so. Apparently um, so. Uh, she alludes, she says that Fox was deep in the bag, and uh, she alludes apparently to the, yeah, for Trump, and she alludes to the fact that um, he was given information um, she never says that he was that that he was you know that a Donna Brazil thing happened. Well, in fact, I think she has come out since and said that she didn't believe that either. She didn't say it in the book, and it's not she doesn't believe that. There's a story about the book that insinuated that that's kind of what she was hinting at. Uh, but right. she, she says came no. out to make a statement that that was not what she was hinting but at. But she did talk about. I haven't read the book yet, but it's my understanding she did talk about how Roger Ailes was deeply before he left. Um, involved in the the Trump election, which well, I think that was pretty clear. Yeah, that's clear. You know, that's Fox was in clear. the bag for, yeah. for him from the beginning, and she she also talks about she also talks about how uh, Roger Ailes um, torpedoed her um, by helping Trump torpedo her. 
and part of that was payback when she would not stand up for him. And we told you, we told you that was going on. I mean, I, man, I, what I've read so far in this book is exactly what at least I said off the air was happening behind Well, the when scenes. Trump was coming after her, and tw- we were all amazed at how, how lukewarm or non-existent the Fox yes. support for her was. Yes. It was shocking. Um, the, the other thing she um, uh, talks about um, in here is she says that she woke up feeling uh, great the day uh, of the... Um, the day of the debate, then, I'm quoting, then an overzealous, suspiciously enthusiastic driver picked me up to take me to the convention center. He insisted in getting her coffee, although she repeatedly declined his offer. Once uh, it was in her hand, she drank it. Within 15 minutes, she was violently ill, vomiting so uncontrollably that it was unclear if she'd be able to go help and moderate the evening. It was so bad that she had to keep a trash pail beneath her desk throughout the debate just in case. Ms. Kelly never says outright that someone tried to poison her. A stomach bug was going around, she notes. But the episode spooked her enough that she shared it later with Roger Ailes and a lawyer friend of his. Foul play? Again, she reports, you decide. Interesting. Yeah. Um, It's going to be an interesting conversation with... um, Megan Kelly. And I will tell you that that is the kind of atmosphere that Roger Ailes would create is a very paranoid people are out to 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 get you kind of thing. There's no way we could do that interview over the phone. I mean, she needs to be here <laughs> in Texas. No, I believe yeah, there's critical. because of a restra- I believe Thank there's you. a restraining order against you. So uh, anyway, um, my daughter said to me, Mary, who is my oldest daughter. Um, who um, is just one of the deepest feeling people I know. She said to me yesterday, we were um, driving in the car, and she said, Dad, and she she thinks differently um, than anybody um, I've ever met. And she she told me, she said, I'm keep, I, I made a list, Dad. I'm watching TV, and I made a list of all of the cities that have riots in them. And she said, and how they're spreading, et cetera, et cetera. And she said, uh, I've been thinking about how do, we, how do we stop this? And I said, what, do you, what have you come up with? And she said, have you ever read the copy of the script of The Princess Bride that we have? And I said, no, and I'm trying to connect the dots. And she said, oh, you have to read it. You know it's not the original ending. This is the first draft script. And I said, oh, I, I didn't know that. And she said, yeah, this is the first draft of The Princess Bride. So the ending is completely different. And I said, oh, and I didn't know. And I'm trying to figure out how is she going to get back to the riots. riots or whatever they are. Yeah. Yes. And no, in, in Portland, they're calling them the riots now. The police have declared they are riots. Um, uh, and she said... You know how it ends in the movie? And I said, yeah, as you wish. She said, right, that's not the way it ends in the, in the script. So I have the script. This is the original, and it says, and I didn't even notice this, it's The Princess Bride, uh, handwritten, first draft, January 11th, 1974. Now, I think this came out, what, 78? 
What, the book? No, the, the movie. No, the movie was... 80? 86. Okay, so this is the first draft in 1974. And I have thumbed through it enough to know that it's... I mean, all the scenes are there, and it's word for word. You can open it up to almost any page, uh, and uh, you can... Uh, you know, you can you can see it um, that it hasn't been changed. So I just assumed the the ending was the same, but it's not. In this ending, in this ending, um, the the little boy and his grandfather are um, in the bedroom, and he gets to the place where Prince Humperdinck is tied to the chair. And Wesley is, has won, and Fezzik is down leading four great white horses. He glances up and sees them on the balcony. Three friendly faces, Fezzik says. I, I've been so lost, Inigo, and I've stumbled onto the prince's stables, and he has four white horses. And I thought, that's how many of us there are. Four, if we ever found the lady. Hello, lady. So I brought them along in case we ever ran into each other. And I guess we just did, looking down. Fezzik, you did something right. Don't worry, <laughs> I won't let it go to my head. We use that line with Jeffy all the time. Right. Jeffy, you did, did something, something right. Uh, something unexpected, very lovely happens. Buttercup floats through the air, soft and graceful. And what's happening, of course, is that they're jumping from the balcony, and Fezzik is catching them and putting them each on a horse. Uh, Fezzik then yanks them open the gates, and the riders race through through the night. Kids old man... Um, says, and as last they rode to freedom, a great wave of adoration swept over Buttercup. And when she saw the adoration reflected in Wesley's eyes, she said to him, she said to him, cut to the kid's bedroom. The boy is asleep. The father, the grandfather looks at him and says, um, it got very romantic. And he's whispering to him as he's asleep. You would have hated the end anyway. He takes and closes the book and puts it by his bedside table. Um, By the way, considering the greatest hunter in the history of the world was on their trail, they lived happily ever after. He turns off the light. He turns around, walks to the door, leaves, closes the door. Then the little boy jumps up in a whirlwind, grabs the book, grabbing the flashlight from the bed table drawer, He hides them both, the book and the light, under the cover. As the light flickers on, he flips through the book. Cut to, in color, jumping towards the camera. Then there will be no one to hear you scream. Um, Then, in black and white, the kid takes and flips the other page, in color. No reason. It's only that I just happened to look behind us, and there's something there. Inconceivable. You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Why do you wear a mask and a hood? I don't know. They're terribly comfortable. I think everyone will be wearing them in the near future. Never go against a Sicilian when death is on the line. That's when the little boy just says, hold tight on the kid's eyes. Just hold. As once again, we hear the sound we heard at the black at the start of the picture. Blades crossing the whip of rapier slashing the air. Two masters are battling. We hear it. And we know there are still legends alive and breathing. There are still giants on the earth. Fade out. Mary said, have you ever read that? I said, no. She said, Dad, the answer is in A Princess Bride. 
I said, what? <laughs> she said, the answer is in the princess bride. And everybody of my generation will understand it. What did the grandfather do? And what did the little boy do? They didn't fight against each other. The little boy didn't want the grandfather to come. He's going to pinch my cheeks. The little boy didn't want to hear the story. He only loves sports. Is there any sports? There's no kissing, is there? The grandfather wanted him to share this story because it meant so much to him in the old country. And he knew he would make the boy feel better. What did they do? They sat and they listened to each other. They sat and they bridged the gap uncomfortably at the beginning. But the little boy listened to the other and realized there's something of value here. She said, it's missing the ending. She said, the best part of this book is as you wish. And it doesn't mean I'm going to go do that. It doesn't mean I'll be back tomorrow. It doesn't mean um, I will serve you. It means I love you. And until we love each other, we're just not going to be able to cross the divide. We will never sit and actually discover the great adventure that is in front of us. For those who have been thrown into the sea of screeching eels, come back into the boat. You might think you're surrounded by scoundrels, and one of them in the boat is probably going to turn out to be a scoundrel. But others might turn out to be good friends that actually help change your life. If we can just look each other in the eye at this point and say, as you wish, our sponsor this half hour is Zip Recruiter. The people you hire, has, they, it has a lot to do with the success of your com- company. Um, to find the right candidates, we use ZipRecruiter.com. You can post 100 plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. You know what I, I found is that when you hire somebody, sometimes you're not quite sure if it's the right person. But when they get in, if anybody is trying to sabotage that person, even if there was a real debate on, we're going to hire this person, I'm telling you, that's not the person we should hire. You'll fire the person who sabotages them on the way in. Even if it turns out six months, a year later, that that wasn't the right hire, they were right. You can't sabotage somebody when they come in. It's hard enough to get people that are good for the company and find them. Give them a chance once they get in. ZipRecruiter.com will help you find that right person. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. ZipRecruiter has been used over a million businesses, and we've used it. 
Um, and right now, ZipRecruiter is going to let you post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Post over 100-plus job sites, including the social media networks. It's ZipRecruiter.com. Try it for free right now and hire the right person the first time. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Sign up for the newsletter and get all the info you need to know at glennbeck.com. This is, I'm just sitting here during the break, and we're reading the um, the first draft of The Princess Bride, the screenplay. Um, and it's amazing how exact it is to the movie, except the ending. I mean, that must have been Carl, uh, I mean, Rob Reiner or somebody. I don't know who made that ending change, but that change gave it, you know, real heart at the end. But it's amazing when you read it because almost every page you can quote. Mm -hmm. It must be, besides like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, what other movie can you quote almost every line from? Coming to America. Eddie Murphy. Rocky Three. None for me, frankly. Other than Wonderful Life, maybe. (laughs) Yes. There's a lot of quotes Pat knows from that. Real Genius starring Val Kilmer. A lot of people are there. There. By the way, I saw Arrival last night. Oh, I'm going to see it today, I think. Are you? Yeah. Good? Yeah. Um, I think it is the best invasion film. Um, it's tense all the way, and unlike any invasion film I've ever seen. Alien invasion. I mean, yeah, yeah, alien invasion. Alien invasion. Yeah. Um, and, and please uh, ruin everything. I won't. I, I'm not going to say anything time. about this one, uh, other than it is a thinking man's movie. This is not... You just ruined it. Yeah. This well, is, Brad... I don't Brad want to Stegson, think he saw it last night as well. What did he say? He, Pat, don't say what he said, because that'll ruin it for people. Just don't. Yeah, don't. Don't do it. Okay. I don't, wanted to just a thinking Don't do it. He gave you. I, I'm not guaranteeing that you'll love it. I think it will be one of these movies that over time you'll love. It's think, you have to think. Rafe saw it, and he saw the trailer, and he was like, Dad, we got to go. And I was going to take him. I don't. I think my twelve-year-old son will be bored to tears. Oh, in it. Is it kind of like no, no, no? But it's not that way. Interstellar's yes, kind of a yes, man's movie. Yes, too, and I love that. Yes, it was really good. Very much like Interstellar. So it's not like Alien, where it's like, yeah. you know, it, it is a thinking movie like Interstellar. Yeah. In some ways, I've never seen one like this. I think it's really, really good. My wife is listening right now. We are no longer going to go see Arrival. Oh, Tanya loved it. Yeah, at least it will not. <laughs> She's gonna be like, ah, oh, this is the most boring thing I've ever seen. Oh no, it's too bad because it's not really good. The Glenn Beck Program. We have somebody who's just come from Mercury One's Veterans Day breakfast, uh, honoring and uh, loving the men and women who have served our country. It is Veterans Day, 
And we couldn't think of somebody that would be better to have in studio today than Mark Geis, better known as Oz, the co-author and the guy who is credited, not alone, but credited with saving the lives of 25 Americans in Benghazi, the author, co-author of 13 Hours. We join him right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. What an honor to have you uh, here and on the program. How are you, Mark? Doing great. Thank you. Thank you um, for having me. So tell me how you're feeling this week. You know, it's part of it. I don't even know if it's set in completely because I, I was had the pleasure of being in New York City. Um, Tuesday? Tuesday. Yeah. And... We were standing up on the balcony just watching it and wondering why why they weren't calling it when it got down to that. I mean, I knew I, I knew in my heart that it was the right thing was going to happen. And, um, you know, I'd been traveling all over the country speaking to middle America. And I told them early on, you know, yeah, this is how it's going to turn out. Yeah. And they're like, uh, no, you're getting, don't, don't jinx it. Don't jinx it, you know. <laughs> I'm like, no, because middle America is, you know, they've taken a lot. And they'll put up with a lot, but at some point... They overplayed their hand. Mm-hmm. Um, how was it... We, we thought about this a lot, because I, I remember two days after Benghazi, I went on the air, um, and I said, I think that there was State Department gun running going on uh, to probably people through Turkey into Syria. And, um, and they're covering... They're covering whatever was happening there, and they're blaming it on this movie, and it's not the movie. And we abandoned Americans. Yep. And then pretty, I mean, that was two days after when everybody was talking about the movie, and and we've got it pretty darn close. Yeah. Um, And I've never been more offended. I've been offended by people on the left and the right, but I've never been more offended or thought that there was a bigger fundamental transformation of our country than the acceptance that we could help our soldiers and our men who were fighting and dying for us, and we chose not to. I agree. And it was Barack Obama going to bed, I don't want to know anything about this, which speaks volumes, (gasps) and Hillary Clinton. Yeah. When Hillary Clinton, nobody in the press is is saying at all they're they're of course saying that everybody is racist and bigoted um no one is saying america had enough of corruption and the lies on benghazi yeah you don't lie about honorable things no you don't and you know it's what's frustrating is what i've found out since wikileaks with the you know there was an email from Sidney blumenthal in 2011 to hillary that said hey this revolution going on in uh Benghazi or in Libya, you need to get behind it. Um, mm. No one in the Middle East likes Gaddafi. We can get rid of him, and it'll be a great foreign policy win for you when you run for election in 2016. Wow. So the whole reason, you know, we got sold on getting involved in Benghazi because the Arab Spring, and it's the right thing to do. But that ain't why we did it. We got involved because it was political. Self- yeah, it's political. She wanted to uh, make herself look good. And that's, 
you know, when on the campaign trail, that's one thing I said is, you know, America's sons and daughters, grandchildren and siblings are going to be put in harm's way by this individual if she is elected to commander in chief. And is that really who you want making decisions based on her political career and not what on what's right and wrong? Because sometimes the right thing to do is the right thing to do. Do you feel, um, not that you didn't feel a moment of this, but today, do you feel, <clears throat> yeah, or do you have a, a more quiet confidence of who America is? You know, I think it's, you know, initially part of it was um, Ty and Glenn, Ambassador Stevens and Sean Smith were vindicated Yeah, Tuesday night. Um, but I think the more I sit and think about it is, you know, it just, America can't be fooled. And, you know, you can believe it. All the pundits believed it or at least pouted, you know, stouted, went out and touted it. Touted it. And it's how do, you, just, uh, how do you feel about those in the media, especially that still say Benghazi is no big deal? I mean, I think it is one of the most important. I don't even know what you would call it, but but pivot points mm-hmm. in our history. If if you can, we <clears throat> never leave a man behind. We don't do it. Exactly. I mean, it's an it's. It's the ethos of our military. What, I mean, if you, if our young men and women that are fighting for this country have a doubt that they were going to be brought home, then that undermines their confidence and ability to do their job. Um, There was a video I saw the other day or a story. um, A sergeant goes up and says, hey, Captain, I'm going to go get... um, Private Smith, Private Smith is injured out on the battlefield. He says, well, he ain't going to make it, and you're just going to get somebody else killed. And he says, doesn't matter. He goes and gets him, and he gets killed. Corporal comes up and says, you know what? Hey, Captain, I'm going to go get him. No, no, it's, an, it's, it's worthless. We're just going to lose you too. He goes and gets him. Struggles, he gets wounded, he drags them both back, he gets back. And the captain, they both were dead. And the captain says, see, look, they were both dead and you got injured. So what came of it? He says, when I got there, they both looked up and said, thank you, because I knew you wouldn't leave me behind. That's what it's about. Mm -hmm. It's about them knowing that we won't leave you behind. When you're in the CIA, not to say that you were in the CIA, but... Culinary Institute of America. That's right. (laughs) When you're in the Culinary Institute, um, is there an understanding that yeah, you might be left behind. Um, I don't think, I think most people understand that um, or believe that we're going to be taken care of, um, you know, and uh, I think, but then I think there is the underlying. So it's not like Mission Impossible when you, when you go, hey, the secretary will disavow any knowledge of your actions. You know, I don't think there's that feeling through the community that I know of or I've ever seen, but I mean, personally, I, I also understand that, um, you know, there's certain things I choose to do that that may be the case because there is a greater good sometimes. And I accept that doing what I do. And why wouldn't you accept that at Benghazi? Um, for me, I accept it. I didn't expect them to come for me. And this is just me personally. I know some of the other guys feel differently. But um, it's a U.S. ambassador. 
that's to me that's a whole different story. I mean, so, he's a direct representative of the president of the United yeah. States. Were you not surprised they didn't come then, or did you? I, you know, I, I'm not sure because I just figure no matter where I've ever been in the world, um, I'm going to depend on the guys to my left and right. Yeah, because uh, I know that they're there and I know what I they'll do. Who's there right now? Right, because you know there's a million you know there's a million reasons why things couldn't happen. I mean, Murphy's Law, what can go wrong will go wrong. But mm-hmm. I know that if I, I just plan for the worst and hope for the best. We've been told ever since that there was nobody who could have gotten there to help. N- nobody That's was got to be the biggest lie ever. What, what, what is, is the truth of that? How long would it have taken for assets to get there? To even help? just to, just to I don't over. even know if it's a scrape. <laughs> is that what you call it? Yeah. Scrape? Just to take and go, you know. Break the sound barrier very low and break every I mean, window for blocks. We've heard people could have been there in an hour. Well, I look at um, Signal, uh, Italy, is three hundred and some odd miles away. Um, Aviano and an F sixteen can certainly travel faster than three hundred miles yes. an hour. Yeah, you know, and um, Aviano is on the northern end. So wow, you know, and I've heard since that, and there was a pilot that came out in. Uh, um, and talked about it that they were sitting there on the flight line waiting. Everybody was to go, and they said we're ready. they were told stand down. Yeah, because and, and then I was told that well they couldn't get you know they to get a pilot that had his wasn't over his hours. Somebody gave me that excuse. Good God! And I'm like, you think the pi- I mean and the hours. pilot can waive his hours Gosh. for one, and they, every one of them would have. Why did it happen? Um, I think it ha- the whole thing happened. I mean, ultimately, the responsibility lies on the president. Well, the terrorist, because yes. these okay, people, yes, yes, okay, hate yeah. America. Yes, yes. They're going to find a, you know, yes. We have two hundred have received help. Well, and that's it. If we spend a trillion, what is it, roughly a trillion dollars a year on our military, and we can't get there, I mean, mm-hmm. it's ludicrous. It's nine eleven. It's the Middle East. Mm-hmm. I mean, six hours before that. If we, if everyone recalls, Egypt embassy, there was protesters there that were trying to climb the walls. Yes. So to tell me that there was not something in place moving that direction mm-hmm. is ludicrous. I, I remember back in 2004 when John Kerry was running, and here's the guy who's essentially the face of coming back from Vietnam and saying, our soldiers are raising villages in a fashion reminiscent of Genghis Khan. And I remember thinking, I opposed Kerry because he was a bad candidate and i think he'd be a terrible president but it must have been so much more intense for people in the military to see uh you know this is a guy who sold completely sold them out Mm -hmm. and that must have been the same way here i mean i didn't vote for hillary clinton because i think she'd be a bad president but for you and, and and other people in the military to look at this and say this is the woman who was heading this up and let this happen Mm. it must have been intense did you make sure you want to she talk about a personal, the way she acted? A personal drive. You have it in spades. Yes. Yes. You know, and I and I try to and people ask me, so do You're you You're not a fan then? <laughs> no. no, I'm not. You know, and I mean um there's several times that night I probably should have died. I mean, three mortars landed within fifteen feet of me. Wow. Um that have a twenty two foot kill radius. Mm. Uh it's one of the most amazing movies. Amazing and really sure I mean, I will tell you that I was so angry when um, uh, all the way through it. So angry because oh, yeah. I know the truth. Right. Um, and so I was so angry all the way through it. But when when we landed a plane and it wasn't even our plane, 
to pick you guys up. It was. And that was, was real? That really happened? How, how accurate was the movie? I mean, I, I know they do certain things for Hollywood to make it more exciting. We understood that going close? into it as well. You know, yeah. uh, you sign your life rights away, things are going to happen. And right. luckily, uh, you know, we sat down with uh, the director, Michael Bay, early on. Um, and, I mean, I, my thing to him was, you know, I know you're going to do what you're going to do because you have life rights. Mm-hmm. But if you do anything that disrespects Ty and Glenn or the ambassador and Sean Smith, I'm going to beat the heck out of you. I use different words, but... Marcus Luttrell told me when he sat down, and this is in his angry period, he sat down with the director and said, you do anything to dis, you know, disrespect my comrades, I'll kill you. And I think, you know, Hollywood believes you guys. Yeah. So they should. We need you a little bit more. Yeah. You know, maybe we should have you guys move to Hollywood. Well, and it's funny because Michael Bay says, you don't have to worry about it. And I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> but he was great i mean they brought us in on they they actually let us review the script before it was finalized wow. and we had some changes and they res, they respected that and made those and uh we helped with set design and right. there was three of us that, that came out public of our team and one of us was on set at some point probably within of the 70 days they filmed approximately 40 days of it so wow it had to be i mean when you know when new guys were being sent in to Benghazi and the ambassador was there, when you saw the guy coming in and you're like, he's the guy from the office, it must have been felt like the country let you down. <laughs> no, that wasn't real, Glenn. They didn't actually send in Jim from the office. They really they didn't? He wasn't there. As far as I know. No, I know. When they, picked, when they picked him as an actor, did you have a second going, he plays Jim from the office. How is he going to pull this off? I know. I was, he was fantastic. So good in that. He did. He did. You know, all of them. Yeah. Did all such a great. wonderful yeah. job. Uh, yeah, they did. You know the actor that played me, Max Martini. Um, he's he. You know he has a a long history of playing military personnel. He played in the TV series The Unit, mm. um, and uh, it was funny because that was one of my wife's favorite shows. Mm. My oldest daughter, she's nineteen now. She, she's like, uh, you know, mom, I know why you have a crush on him because he looks like dad. <laughs> and um, so she was. Uh, She's sitting there. At first, they thought they had announced that he was going to play Tig, and my wife was upset. No way, because it's. And then they come out and said that he was going to play me. And you couldn't have found a better character. I mean, me and him still talk to this day, and all the actors, most of us, all stay in contact with each other at some point. And did they spend a lot of time with you guys. They did beforehand. Yeah, they did. I mean, it was. I think it was. It gave them an, an understanding of something they would have never had, and even they've all said it. You know, uh, they. By getting to talk to us, you know, because most of the time actors are playing somebody who got killed and yeah. not yeah. it's alive and living and get yeah. to talk to them. Have um, you seen um, uh, Have you seen Mel Gibson's new movie? No, I haven't yet. I've uh, heard Hacksaw Ridge. Yes, I want to see that. You need to see it. It, it, is... it really, honestly, it makes what you guys went through, no offense, makes what you guys went through look like a walk in the park. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is, wow. it is the most intense war movie I've ever seen. Uh, I didn't realize how brutal. I mean, the Japanese were ISIS. I right. Mean, they were just they were. animals. They were. Um, and this is really a remarkable, really a remarkable. You want to talk about not leaving a man behind. You I, need to see exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, back in just a second. Um, now this. Um, are you going to uh, a relative's house uh, for the holiday? When you're gone, is your home going to be safe? Simply Safe Home Security now has a camera that connects sensors in your Simply Safe alarm system. So if your alarm detects something, the camera will record it. Somebody comes home, 
you get a recording. Someone tries to open a window, you get a recording. Blake breaks the glass. Anything, you'll get a recording. And you can see everything that happens at home. Plus, if something like that happens, it calls the police, and then the police have the video to see exactly who it was. Check out Simply Safe's new cameras today. Brand new from Simply Safe. It's it's all wireless technology. SimplySafeBeck.com. That's SimplySafeBeck.com. Do it now. SimplySafeBeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck program. Sign up for the newsletter and get all the info you need to know at GlennBeck.com. Mercury. The Glenn Beck Program. Um, we are talking to Mark Geis. He is Oz from uh, and the co-author of 13 Hours. Um, um, I, 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 we're going to. It's Veterans Day. I want to tell you some ways that you can help our veterans here um, with Mark's charity and, and mine, Mercury One. Um, but uh, I, I want to go back to um, what happened in the Middle East. I never thought. I always thought we were the good guys. And in the last 15 years, I realized, wow, we are really, we're still the good guys. But there's some bad things that we have done, and we've really screwed things up. We've really screwed things up. Uh, Now that we have a change, I mean, we had George Bush. We were going one way. Then we went the opposite way, confused all of our allies, confused everybody in the Middle East. Is anybody ever going to really trust the United States? Because now we could go back in. And do whatever, but who's going to trust us now? You know, I don't, and I think that's the key to it. I mean, you know, America's, ne- I mean, by no means have we ever been perfect, and we've made mistakes. But we but, meddle. But typically, throughout history, we've had one goal, and that's to share what we have with the world. But when... It seems like we've gotten away from that. And now things are getting to the point of where we're doing things for political purposes, for individuals and political gain, because for whatever reason, the left and the right of this country are so divided that we can't sit down and even have a conversation together without it being an argument. And then, like you said, I mean, okay, we're going one way, new administration comes in, we're going the other way. Now we're going to be going a different, I mean, we have our core principles in this country that found the, the founding fathers brought in. We have to keep to those because that's what gives us the credibility throughout the world. And Trump seems to be, um, if, you t- if, you, if you believe what he says about Iraq, um, he seems to be anti-war and he seems to be anti-interventionalist. Um, is that something you support? or I don't or see not? him as being so much anti-everybody else other than I think he's pro-America. Yeah, he I, wants to do what's but, right but, for America. Right, which I think is staying, staying out, out of, of all of this stuff. I mean, we've come a long way on that. Uh, yeah, 2001, we were go we, get them. Right. We're, we're build those, and I even said mm. Donald Trump should be, rebuild the World Trade Center and make them 10 stories higher. And I don't care if he puts Trump at the top of them. 
You know, I was really, I was gung-ho, let's go kick their ass. Yes. Now um, we want to stay out of it. Now stay out of it. And stay I'd like to it. get your, your comments on that. We're going to take a quick break. Back in just a second. here with uh, Mark Geis, and it, we just had a conversation off the air that you, you, we need to have again here. But I, I want to take a quick second before we run out of time and, and not mention this. Um, we have a Veterans Day. It's Veterans Day today. And this month, we're doing a few things. 1791.com is, has partnered with some veterans organizations, and um, we're raising money to get homeless veterans cleaned up off the street, a place where they can um, retrain, um, at least just stay warm for the winter, but um, clean themselves up, retrain, and then help them get jobs. Uh, And you can check that out at 1791.com. But we are also um, supporting all kinds of veterans' causes with mercuryone.org. And shadowwarriorsproject.org is your organization. Yes. What is that? Um, you know, after I got injured and got out of the hospital, the one thing, there's private security contractors, and the thing most people don't realize, since 2001, there's been almost 5,000 of them killed in probably 80 different countries on the war on terror. Um, and that's no boots on the ground. So mm-hmm. private security contractors that work for um, different groups that are working in the shadows really don't have a voice. We have a workman's comp policy, but there's nothing there for the families. And me and my wife experienced it firsthand. I mean, they took care of me great. I mean, I, they allowed me to get medical attention through the military hospitals, but there's no support for the family. And we decided we didn't want that to be the case. We want to help those families. We want to help the individuals because a guy gets injured, he goes on workman's comp, his disability pay is a third of what he was making. So now the family has to make the adjustments to get to that. He may not be able to go back to work or the spouse may have to become the breadwinner depending on what happens. And so we want to be there to help them and get them through. So it's not, I mean, they're, they're giving their lives and putting it, putting it on the, on the line for America and they need to be taken care of. And then we want to make sure that the kids um, have an opportunity for college because the father may not be there anymore or able to. So we're also uh, working on raising money to, um, for college funds to be able to put all the kids of the wounded or dead into college. Shadow Warriors Project dot org. Shadow Warriors Project dot org um, and Mercury One dot org. Did you say okay. five thousand contractors have been killed? Roughly. Five thousand? Nobody pays yeah. attention. And that's I've quite honestly. I've never heard a figure. I, you know, can I may I play wow. devil's advocate on this? Mm-hmm. Wow. I have a problem with this with private contractors in this way. 
nobody's paid attention to 5,000 people being killed. And it's a way for unscrupulous politicians to keep doing what they want to do and never names or, you know, never numbers in the the headlines. Well, you know, and a lot of them aren't the security guys. A lot of them are food service. I mean, we've heard about, and you don't hear, you hear about it, but you don't. work for Halliburton. Truck drivers. Yeah. That were putting it on the line and driving supplies into Iraq. I mean... Every day they're putting it out there and, you know, oh, they're getting paid very well. Well, yeah, but you know what? They get injured, they get killed. I mean, just like everybody else. And they don't get to carry a gun to defend themselves. Wow. I mean, you know, and some of those numbers are third country nationals or that are employed as contractors in the food service or maybe doing laundry or support services. Place gets rocketed, um, you know. And now our focus with shadow warriors is those that are private security contractors working pretty much in the shadows because they really don't have a voice um, because everything is classified. We obviously chose incorrectly and we've chosen incorrectly for a while um, um, and stuck our nose where it should be. And in this particular case, we really missed a huge opportunity because Ambassador Stevens was, from everything I've ever heard, that the movie was very accurate. They loved him there, and he loved them. Oh yeah, the Libyan people. Yeah, he he. I mean, the whole Arab culture. He uh, was great. He wasn't an ambassador that became an ambassador because he donated to a right. president. He came up through the ranks. I mean, he was a foreign service officer when they chose to put him there. Before the oh, I got news for you. If I gave to a president and he made me the ambassador to Libya, I'd be a little pissed. <laughs> like, you're not getting another dime from me ever again. <laughs> you got a good point, right? Uh, and 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 um, Gaddafi was doing our work. We pushed him and mm-hmm. said, "You got to get these rebels. You got to get the bad guys. Yeah, you got to get the terrorists." And, and he, he was, was doing that, right he was because that. scared the hell out of him was Saddam Hussein, right? When we killed him. Um, and then you contend because Hillary Clinton wanted to be president, wanted something a feather sorely in, or solely in her cap, right. that we went into Libya and um, destabilized the region. He was not Ambassador Stevens was because we heard horrible things that had been done to him. None of that happened. Oh, it didn't. Okay, none of that happened. Uh, and the next day. He was, because they took him, the Libyan people actually took him to the hospital. They knew who he was, right? Yes. And so they took him to the hospital, and the hospital tried to save him. Obviously, they couldn't. He was, yeah, he had died of smoke inhalation. There was no chance of it. Um, Mm. And, you know, the ironic thing is the next day, and this is where, you know, I've been in and out of the Middle East uh, off and on for roughly 20, 30 years from my military to contract, and and never have I seen um, the local population so upset that an American got killed. I mean, 100,000 people protested the next day. 100,000? There was Libyans. Benghazi citizens attacked the terrorists the next day that killed the ambassador. They went in, killed them, pushed pushed them out of their city. But they didn't have the support to maintain that. So they ended up coming back in and then came back in stronger with ISIS as their backing as well as Al-Qaeda. Oh, my gosh. And, and the guys who rescued <clears throat> you 
Uh, tell the people who the guys who rescued you were and who the guys that were fighting you were. Well, the militia that came in and helped get us to the airport was a Qaddafi loyalist militia. And the, the ones that we had deemed, uh, deemed our enemy, the yeah, deplorables, actually, <laughs> the deplorables <laughs> saved you. Yes. And the ones who were attacking you were the ones we were supporting. Correct. Mm. Oh my gosh, that's unbelievable. You know, and, and it's the under, it's, and oh, that's man. the thing is not, when you're doing things for personal gain and not for the right reason and not understanding the dynamics that go on in the Middle East and you think that you're smarter than everybody else and can control that mm-hmm. and manipulate it, I mean, you're going to get fat. You're going to realize out, you're wrong. We find that out time after time after time Start from Beirut on. I mean, over and over and over again, that's been the case. Yes. When think, will we ever learn the lesson? Mark, when do you think, wow, when do you, th- what, what, what do we do with Russia? What, what's going to happen with Russia and, and Iran and, and what, I mean, Putin is, is, uh, he's a chess player. Oh, very he much so. He is a chess player. Very much what, so. What, what's coming, do you think? You know, I think we're going to, if, if we're not careful, we're going to fall back into, as it was prior to Reagan, with the old go- the Cold War. Um, you know, the, the nicer thing with, at least in my opinion, and um, uh, the nicer thing with organized armies under, or yes. um, national armies is... They don't want to be wiped out. Yes, there's an easier way to, pl- to understand and yes. deal with that, um, where... You know, when you're dealing with the terrorists, the problem with that is it's so unconventional. Um, I had gotten into a debate with a uh, retired general over uh, the whole idea of what we should do with ISIS. And, um, you know, my opinion's probably a little harsh for most Americans. What is it? Um, I mean, I think we fight them like we fought the Nazis and the Japanese. I mean... You go after their supply depots, you go after their logistics facilities, all of that. I don't think that's I don't see harsh. how that's harsh. I, uh, no, I, don't. I mean, I, I honestly think that one of the messages that, uh, you know, I, I don't know if people were sending this message, but they were sending a message of we're done with what we're doing. And if we decide to fight, all of us know this war should not be lasting this long. No. All of us know that. The United States of America, when it decides to fight, it needs to fight with everything it has and then go home. And that's exactly and go home. Yes. And that's what we did in World War II. Yes. And and why we're not doing that with ISIS. We're letting these rebels, you go and you're never you're they're right. You're you may never change their mind. Okay. But what you will do is teach them don't ever poke that bear. That's what we have to teach the world. Yeah, but That's somebody, it. Somebody tweeted a picture of a hospital getting a brick blown off of it, so uh, we have to stop. Yeah, but you know what? And that's Russia, why, right? Russia is not using smart bombs right now, blowing up hospitals, blowing up all kinds of stuff. Notice the media is not going after Russia. No, they are not. Nobody's saying anything. This is just anti-American propaganda. War is hell, and Americans, I believe, understand that. They don't want to see it. But they understand that if you want to stop war, you want to stop killing. We, you know, we, we've just discovered um, these pamphlets from World War II that we dropped 
right before the what was it three million of them before we dropped the bombs in Nagasaki and and uh, Hiroshima and it says these eight cities and two of them are Nagasaki and Hiroshima get out with your family a a a bomb that is bigger than all of the bombs we have dropped together in Japan is coming. We set that. We, we dropped that from the sky. We don't want to do this. It's just the right way to end a war. And, you know, like, I mean, like it or not, they understand strength and power. And if you approach it with weakness, they understand that. And, you know, they, I mean... You've got to, like, I agree with you. You've got to fight it like a war. It's a war. It's not pretty. Um, it's not. That's why nobody wants to go into one. We try to make it, we try to make it tolerable for television. It's not. Well, and, it's not. You know, and the other thing, if, if you fight a war the way it should be fought, as we did in World War II, um, though there's a lot of sacrifice, it makes you hesitant about wanting to go to war. Yes, it does. As we should. Yes. Yeah. Because yes. of the outcome of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. You should be hesitant. You yeah. should only do it when it's absolutely necessary. Yes. Because it's horrific. Right. You go see Hack you go see Hacksaw Ridge. You go see that. If you thought Benghazi, because it was pretty stunning, that thirteen hours was pretty stunning. Yeah. Yes. And so you go see hours too this weekend. You go weekend see Hacksaw Ridge and it will take your breath away. Uh, my son has seen a lot of violence and you know, television and, and war movies and everything else. It's the only time I have seen him go, oh, my gosh, Dad. Oh, 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 my gosh. Yes, son. This is what war is really like. Um, It's a powerful, powerful uh, movie. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you for everything. Happy Veterans Day. Thank you. Thank you. And happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there. I mean, the sacrifices that they've given to this country to make it what it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're why we have what we have. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you. I bless you all. Uh, ShadowWarriorsProject.org, ShadowWarriorsProject.org, or MercuryOne.org. We, um, uh, we're doing our best to help um, and salute our veterans and help them in any way we can. Um, if, you, if you have a dollar or even time, please donate. ShadowWarriorsProject.org or MercuryOne.org. Now this. Um, I read a story uh, yesterday about how India has gotten gotten rid of all of their large denomination bills, and it's causing all kinds of problems. Um, You can't, you know, it's like a fifty dollar bill over there. You can't, you can't use them anymore. Now we're hearing from our treasury. You know, there's so many bad problems on the border that you know this would really help stop the drug trade. Bull crap. This is happening all over the world. Now, why are they getting rid of all of the big uh, bills? They're doing it because we're going to digits, a digital society. So when the world resets, we'll reset to digits. I know that sounds crazy, but it's coming. India, banknotes worthless um, uh, because of an overnight decree that happened on Tuesday night. Huge lines forming in front of gold shops uh, in India of the last two days. I want you to call Goldline now, 1-866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE. Read their important risk information. Find out if buying gold or silver is right for you. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
This is the Glenn Beck Program. Thanks. The new uh, uh, Wonderful World of Stew tonight. It is one that you appear in, Glenn, as well as Pat and Jeffy. Uh, the Flemlasky Velveeta election. Oh, special. this is good. Mm, tonight. This is good uh, stuff. Yeah, I mean, I know there was that, whatever, there was another election, I guess, on Tuesday. But yeah, this one this is the was the big one. one. This is the one. <laughs> this was the big at. one. Two uh, ridiculous congressional candidates yeah. with attack ads. Against Elvita and Flablaski. This has been going on that for a while. That battle's been a number of years now. <laughs> it's yeah. been going on a while. Yeah. They really don't like and each it's other. It's gotten worse and more bizarre every yeah. election. The accusations yeah. seem to escalate. They do. Uh, as things go on, and they there's do. no exceptions on that yeah. one. What time is that on? Uh, that is uh, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze huh. uh, TV. Mm-hmm. Huh. What channel? That's a channel of some sort? A channel or? on maybe your local cable provider. Right. Many of them ha- carry it as well as uh, uh, you can watch it online as well on any device. Huh. Uh, be a subscriber. Nobody would ever watch what, it. Where did the Amish see it? No, not on the front. Uh, in the sky. We have a projector that projects it into the okay. sky, so they think it's like the Northern Lights. All right. <laughs> wow, that's a pretty strong projector. It's a good show. Yeah. Yeah, well, we, wow. took, we went up to all lengths. All right. And then Jeffy this weekend. We have the most listened to uh, weekly broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network, uh, the Jeff Fisher Show, uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, there's so many uh, asterisks on that. Oh, there are. The page is filled with asterisks. Yeah. And, I, and I, just wanna, I just want to thank Jeffy because I'm supposed to be going to Camporee, the Boy Scouts Camporee this weekend, which... Seriously, I look like a camper, don't I? I'm a guy who's, oh, you get me camping, and I can't stop camping. I wish I could go to that. So. I know. Your they call you Mr. Going, yeah. yeah, my son's going to be out there. and uh, Strangely, you know, you're not going to be there. I want to. Yeah. I want to, but I, where's, I don't even know how to get where. Oh, I'll pick you up. <laughs> oh, I'll pick your fat <laughs> lard butt up, and I'll take you to Camporee, my friend. <laughs> Buy a forklift? Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, no, the studio has. Oh, okay. A big extra heavy duty. Why would they? Yeah. I and then I just, the, the Pat and I are going to be Sunday uh, giving a uh, Constitution talk. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.